Welcome to Campfire Stories, where we talk about true, scary stories, urban legends, hidden treasure, and anything else you might hear by a campfire. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Lichty, and thank you for taking a seat by our fire. Hey guys, and welcome to the Campfire Stories podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Lichty, joined by my co-host, uh, Michael Engel. And uh, this is a podcast where we talk about true scary stories, urban legends, treasure hunts, and just about anything you'd hear around a campfire. This is our third episode we are recording straight uh, tonight due to uh, issues with uh, scheduling due to Engel having to be gone for his National Guard training for yeah. the, basically the rest of this month. Thanks a lot. You guys can't see it right now, but I've changed into uh, glasses and put on a flannel robe. He is definitely a full mystery novel writer. Right yes. Now. All I need is a cigar, a fireplace, and a brandy. And I'd be he, does, he does have a, he's smoking a pipe though. Yeah, he'd rather have a cigar. And he, I just also want to point out he wasn't like this thirty minutes ago when we finished our other. So he supermaned it and changed outfits before oh, yeah. we started this episode. While the last recording was converting, I was out, I was converting myself. Uh, oh, I need, I forgot to mention this, but uh, last episode record we recorded Angle was uh, our tenth episode. Was it really? Yes, it was. That's crazy. It felt like our hundredth. And we have the same amount of episodes as we do listeners. Uh we're averaging about twenty to thirty. And we appreciate you guys. And we appreciate every single one of them. Even if you don't answer our Instagram polls. Yes. No shade there. Like, we understand you're busy. Or maybe you don't follow our Instagram. But our Instagram is also at Campfire Stories Pod. Anyway, uh, Angle, I forgot to mention this our last podcast as well. I've seen a couple of scary movies recently. Um, really? Due to my girlfriend, anyway, not by my own doing. That that itself is scary. She has that kind of control of you. <laughs> I'm just like, but uh, I saw the new uh, Hereditary. The devil made me do it. Okay. Uh, me, the Wait, did I say that, did I say Hereditary? You said Hereditary, and then I and then the devil made me do it. And I, I assumed that was like That's, a list that you would like push together. No, it's I I uh, misspoke. I I saw The Conjuring. Okay. With the subtitle to that, The Devil Made Me Do It. Okay. It's the and newest when, one in that series. When was the. Uh, what is the series? Like, I always uh, get scary movies like these mixed up. So, this is following these two ghost hunters, a husband and a wife, and they're basically doing these uh, cases. And they're based off of true stories. Okay. Uh, this one was about a, a family who had been cursed essentially because a witch had put a totem underneath a family's house, and there's a demon kind of haunting the family. Okay. I found it to be fairly scary, man. But I will say a lot of the scares came from jump scares. Which, 
for me, I like more horror movies that are more suspenseful. I'm more of a uh, thriller kind of person when it comes to scary movies. I like to be suspenseful and kind of build up to it. I'm not the biggest fan of just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Mm-hmm. Also because I can't handle it. I'm a little punk when it comes to that. <laughs> I wanted to jump scare at the look in the mirror. Like, give me something else to work with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a fairly decent movie. It's kind of, uh, Going into the movie, I was lied to. I was told by some of our friends who had already seen it. They said, ah, it's not that scary. It's basically like a detective movie the whole way through. <laughs> that was a lie. It's pretty scary the yeah. whole way through. What you got to realize is with, with them versus us, us it's like it's like comparing me and you with like spicy food. Like I'm yeah. very intolerant of it. And you're just like my mouth's on fire, but I compare it to milk. You know what I mean? Yes. That's the same way. Like they can handle the hard stuff, but like with us, it's like take it easy, keep the lights on. Yeah. Kind of stuff. We're the ones who's hosting a scary stories podcast. Yes. Only because we find we it interesting. It. I think we yeah, we believe it more. Yeah. I find this stuff interesting and I can handle reading creepy stuff so much mm-hmm. better than I can handle watching, watching it. it. Yeah. I can read it all day. But yes. So. Uh, the movie did stick out to me for some reason just because, you know, I've seen the trailer and it has that more, it's more older, that 80s era. Kind of, I don't know what it is, but yeah. that, that frame of mysteries just like calls out to me more. Mm hmm. So, so another scary movie I've watched recently. I watched uh, Fear Street Part One, which, by the time this comes out, I believe at least Part Two will be out. Maybe Part Three. Have you seen that movie? No, but it's it's the uh, live action of the, or based off of uh, R.L. Stein's, right? I think so. It's fierce. Yeah, I think so. What's it on? It's on uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it and is. And it's kind of just a regular slasher film. There, it's not. I didn't mm-hmm. find it to be scary. I found it to be interesting and entertaining. Mysterious, because that's what I like. I like that mystery more than the scare. It's kind um, of mysterious. I, it's just more of a. It's an interesting movie. I'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that. There's not. It's not really that. It's kind of like a, a regular slasher through, mm-hmm. film. I'm, I was. Um, I will I say came, I came onto it too late. Like I'm kind of wanting to see it, but like I had no one to see it with. You know, just because I'm like I'm like that. Like I don't mm-hmm. see a movie with somebody, but like I'm. You know, reading about it, and it seems more like it's like a Stranger Things kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I can see that. So I would will say uh, there was some stuff uh, that was just kind of like, okay, cool. They added that. There's like mm-hmm. a random sex scene thrown in the middle of it. That's like, why? Honestly. Yeah. It was just kind of like I don't. You guys did this for fan service, kind of thing. Well, that's kind. Of, that is kind of disappointing, just because you know, 
really, you know, growing up, that's like R.L. Stein was like the books. You know yeah. what I mean? Reading those songs. Yeah, if it's based like, off of R.L. Stein, I don't know why that he, was even thrown in yeah, there. Yeah, he like he always made a point not to include, you know, like sex, drugs, alcohol, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, for a reason. And mm-hmm. you know, for them to make a movie like that. It's definitely not a movie you could show your kids. Yeah. So is my takeaway from that. I might just wait till they all come out and see them all at once. I don't yeah. Know. Well, the uh, newest, the second part comes out July 9th, I believe. Yes, July okay. 9th. So this Friday for us recording. Yes. By the time this comes out, this will be two weeks from now or two weeks before this. So, yeah. Right. Time travel. Time travel. Good. Good. Yep. I'm excited. I like, I like how Netflix is kind of moved away from being you know movies so they kind of like make their own stuff so you see i would disagree with that i i wish they had more movies on there that were their own that is true i i do miss like you know i get on there and it's like all my favorite movies are gone like end of watch and whatnot and it seems like they've shortened the time they've kept their movies on there too so uh, by the way watch monty python and the holy grail what's on there Oh yeah, classic, classic. My dad's favorite movie. But uh, I also seen the Life of Brian recently. That one's, that one's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's pretty good. No. It's on there too, so check it out. I will. Uh, and then last and latest scary movie I've watched, and it really isn't scary. It's unsettling as heck. It's disturbing as heck. It's uh, misnomer or mi- midsummer. midsummer, 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 something like that. Yeah, and it's a cult movie. It's graphic. It's gory. It's disturbing. I don't want to say anything more than that. Don't want to spoil anything. It is messed up, and depending on how squeamish you are, you might not be able to make it through the movie. Well, uh, hard pass for me then. The movie came out like what twenty. 20- 2019 2019 or 2020 i think it was in the same group with like us those those... it came after hereditary okay have you ever seen us in those kind of movies i saw us us was us was was interesting get out get out i've never seen those i need to get around those are good movies but it came around that 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 period that era less Yeah. yeah Less jump scare, more substance, I guess. Which I really like. Yeah, I uh, yeah, like like you're saying, suspense. You know that that seven kind of vibes. Just oh yes, up. seven's a great movie. Yes. Turn my phone off. Chat is blown up. Yeah. Anyway, well, no, I need my phone because that's where my story is. Just put it on silent, fam. I know how to do that. <laughs> Well, I believe I started first last time, Angle, but I also believe you have a long story, so would you like me to go first? Is yours depressing? Uh, I, I think we'll just uh, cater to tradition and let me go first, just because that, if that's all right with you. Yeah, go ahead. Start your story, Chief. All right. The story I have is actually a pretty famous case coming out of Arkansas. And that is the uh, unsolved murder of Don Henry 
and Kevin Ives. Um, this happens near, this is in Alexander, which is a town just north of Bryant and Boxite, Arkansas. So basically the details is um, shortly after midnight on August 28th, no, 23rd, 1987, 17-year-old Kevin Ives and his best friend, 16-year-old Don Henry, set out to go night hunting in a wooded area along the tracks near Don's home in Bryant, Arkansas. Four hours later, the 75 car, 6,000 ton cargo train made its regular night run to Little Rock. It was over a mile long and traveling at speeds of 50 miles per hour. As it, it approached Bryant, the engineer Stephen Schroer noticed something on the tracks. He soon realized there was two boys laying motionless. Uh, they appeared to be covered in a light green tarp, uh, a rifle laid beside them. They were lying parallel on the tracks. And uh, despite blowing his horn and uh, playing all the emergent sirens, the, the boys didn't move. Stephen attempted emergency stop, but it was too late. They were hit by the train and killed. Yes. The uh, state medical, medical examiner, Dr. Famai Malak, determined that they were killed you know, by the train, but they were uh, heavily under the influence of marijuana. He concluded that they approximately smoked 20 marijuana cigarettes. I'm not sure how much it is, but that sounds like a lot. Believes that the, yeah, he believed that they were in a drug-induced coma when they were hit. Oh, wow. Their deaths accidental. However, the families um, didn't really believe the story. So they, you know, just because the area didn't and these, the type of kids they were, they really didn't believe that they were caught up, you know, something like that in drugs. Uh, they also, you know, didn't, there's some inconsistencies. They didn't understand why they, you know, if they were, you know, high on marijuana, how they fell on the tracks laying, you know, parallel. Uh, they also don't know that they also did not believe that they could sleep through such a loud sound of a diesel horn and a train, yeah. you know, rolling crows. So, uh, Eventually, they, the families pulled their money together and hired a private investigator to look into the case. Every time he tried to question the police or investigate the agencies, he met with tough resistance. They seemed unwilling to cooperate or change their opinions about the case. Five months after the deaths, Kevin and Don's parents held a press conference, hoping to get the case reopened. Uh, it gained enough attention that, the, that the, it was reopened. The next day, uh, prosecutor Richard Garrett and Kevin had Kevin and Don's bodies exhumed for another autopsy. A, a new coroner was <clears throat> brought in and concluded that they had smoked marijuana, but it was between less than one and three marijuana cigarettes, <laughs> far less than what the original. Yeah, so that one put them in a drug-induced coma. Right. They also found evidence that indicated uh, one of them was already dead and the other was uh, unconscious when they were hit by the train. Hmm. So in 1998, a grand jury reversed the, hear the ruling that there was an accident of death and then they then ruled it probable homicides. Next, they focused on a on the, uh, the light green tart that the engineer of the train would remember seeing before he'd hit the boys. Uh, multiple witnesses on the train confirmed, you know, seeing the tarp. But however, when police 
initially arrived at the scene, the tarp could never be found. So it is. I think it is possible it probably got caught up in the train. Yeah. But I'm sure they looked there too. But six weeks after the case was reopened, um, the private investigator found that there was a similar case in Hodgin, Oklahoma, in which two men had uh, were found lying on the railroad tracks and hit positioned almost exactly to Kevin and Don. However, the police had no real leads or suspects or connections other than that. Uh, Suspects, a week before Kevin and Don were both killed, an unidentified man wearing military feet was spotted in the area of the tracks where they were later killed. His behavior had aroused like police suspicion so they called on him and they, a police officer was dispatched. And when he stopped to question him, the man suddenly opened fire and fled. Hmm. He was searched, but it was never found. On the same night that Kevin and Dahmer killed, witnesses saw the same man in the military fatigues. This time he was leaving, heading down a road less than 200 yards from the spot where they were hit. Police have unable been an, unable to locate or identify him. And then the results, it was unresolved, unresolved. Prosecutor had another autopsy conducted on Kevin and Don, and it stated mm-hmm. that there was evidence of a stab wound on Don's shirts. So he's the one that was most likely killed before put out there. And then that Kevin had been struck in the head with a rifle. And the rifle butt didn't match the 22 rifle butt. Um, as a result of this Autopsy, the investigation was changed from probable homicide to definite homicide. <laughs> uh, tips later uh, suggested that Kevin and Dom were murdered by drug dealers and that they may have stumbled onto like a drug... Drug deal you know, gone bad, maybe. Yeah, like a no country for old men type scenario. Mm. Claimed that there is a drug trafficking ring throughout Bryant and it's also connected to several other states. He believed Kevin and Don may have also stumbled onto a drug lab that manufactured meth, and they were killed as a result. He also suspects that there was some court of police cover-up in the uh, case. However, mm-hmm. no suspects were named, and it went cold. Um, the families were also still conducting their own investigations even years later, but nothing new just really came forward. And it says also there was a witness at one point during the, the whole investigation, claiming that the night of the murders, he saw two police officers beating the two boys senseless in a store parking lot before tossing them into a truck and driving away. Hmm. It's unknown if this was Kevin and Don or two other people, but it's just... Still, yeah. It's a possibility. But Like I said, this was a big, a pretty big case. It was a bit before our time, obviously, but it has been on many shows including uh, unresolved, Unsolved Mysteries. And a uh, book has been written about it. Always on the track is what it's called. But I don't know. I found this one interesting just because, you know, it's oh, high yeah. profile and it's Arkansas. Not only is it and Arkansas. It's, it's close it's like, to. It's literally like right around the road. Yeah. It's, it's room, so. <clears throat> but so that just attracted really a lot of attention to me. What's the main accepted theory? Do you know, or is it more like that? Ex- we don't the know. The main accepted was that they stumbled upon a drug deal. Yeah, I can see that being the most likely too. But even then, 
it's I don't think it's just a drug deal, but like a it kind of turned into drug deal, but like they kind of and once the investigation started, it opened up into a bigger like a thing. cover. And that's up. why it was kind of yeah. That's why it turned into a cover up, just because. Uh, one Maybe thing it had I some ties to the police. Yeah, yeah, it's like the uh, the prosecuting attorney, prosecuting attorney was later arrested for uh, drugs. I should mm-hmm. know that. Find that interesting. So, you know, really called me just because in Arkansas, and then it's like, like I said, the main thing that they think happened was the drug ring. And on a kind of a side note, it's like I do a lot of time, spend a lot of time on the internet, but uh, you look at a lot of these mysteries and a lot of things that's going to happen from, you know, disappearances and all this kind of things. It always kind of leads back to our state, um, like even with high profile things like, you know, dealing with, you know, sex rings, all that kind of the Clintons. There's a lot of smoke in the air and it kind of yeah. all your way happens. Clear. Yeah. It all kind of leads back though, to our state. Like almost every article you read, is talking about Arkansas. Arkansas is at least mentioned. So I think this case is kind of like a, an appearance into this of, you know, what could be going on here. Mm-hmm. The larger things from, you know, drug rings, uh, sex rings, corruption. But anyway, that's that's kind of it for yeah. unless you have any questions. I mean, <clears throat> you covered a lot of it and, you know, there's not a lot more information to get from it. I, I mean, I'd agree that, you know, it sounds like, you know, could have been, you know, drug deal gone bad. And mm-hmm. like you said, it could be a cover up because, you know, they went from ah, accidental death to yeah, three, uh, different, maybe, three maybe. different autopsies. Yeah. It's like, I think they were getting closer to the truth every time and it was more of, they were trying to hide it and then they had to give up a little bit of information. And so they had to re yeah, kind of designate the case and then people want more information and they have to redesignate the case. And eventually they're going to go, we can't find anything else. And then they're going to go like, we don't know, you know? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's something I'm going to try to look, you know, more into this. Mm-hmm. I like investigating these things. Like, I feel like that that meme from always saying in Philadelphia where he's like got all the, the pins connecting the all the lines. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I kinda like doing that. But I don't know. It was just an interesting time because Arkansas police have kind of always been, you know, kind of backwaterish corrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, especially back then. I mean they they've definitely changed today. I don't know. Just something I found interesting. It's 11 o'clock and feels like 2 a.m. Let's go. 3 (laughs) a.m.? All right. Well, unless you have some more stuff you want to add. Unless you can think of any more questions. I don't think so. I feel like I had a lot more on my mind about that, but like I I just missed the points or, you know, spat them out already. But Mm -hmm. go ahead. Okay. So we haven't really looked into the uh, paranormal in a good bit, really. We've kind of gotten more of the uh, true crime side for the past couple of weeks. So I kind of want to reel it in 
to this slightly paranormal uh, story here, which nothing against true crime stories too. I find them just as interesting mm-hmm. and, you know, just as creepy because it's, you know, a lot of people consider them to be a lot more real of a threat. Right. I but, think it just turns some people off just because it's not, you know, there's not that. I forgot where I was going with that. I'm sorry. It's late. Yeah. So I got this one from Reddit. Right. Got that. Uh, this is from the subreddit r slash the truth is here. And this is from user Audrey Brooke. And it's got a clickbaity title, but it's called Coworker Open the Door. What was behind it will haunt me forever. And so I'm going to read her story now. And so this happened a few years ago when she was about 16 or 17. And so this was posted two years ago. So we're looking at about four or five years ago. She worked in a uh, restaurant as a waitress where there were two locations. One was in the town she lived in, which she'll call Restaurant A, and then one in a town about 30 minutes away. She names Restaurant B. And she she mentions that Restaurant B is located in a slightly rougher area and that many of her co-workers weren't from the best of backgrounds. However... She liked the people. She said they were sweet and she trusted them. And she was trusted as a manager on Thursdays at restaurant B, which usually meant that she was the uh, cashier, the server, and the manager, and that the only other person would be a cook, and she's going to call him Dave for the purposes of this story. So in the restaurant, there's a front glass door that customers use and a back wood door that they use to take out the trash and everything. So one day they had no real business going on and she she was just sitting in the kitchen with Dave and another cook that was about to leave. And they're just standing there and talking and then Dave was right in front of the back door with the other cook to the side of the door and her about five feet away, right in front of uh, Dave in line with the door. So Dave with a big trash bag in his hand was about to take it out. However, he was still talking and he was still facing away from the door and talking to them. And he starts to open the door when behind the door, she sees a person. And she says it was clearly a person in a gray t-shirt, jeans, and a black hat. She sees him for a split second, long enough to know that someone was there. Then Dave sees her face and turns around. And when she, when Dave turns around, it kind of blocks her view. And uh, whenever he turns around, the guy was gone. The other cook there saw her face turn completely white when Dave had opened the door and actually joked that she had looked like she had seen a ghost. 
the irony. So while Dave started looking around outside to see what she could have possibly sh seen, she starts having uh, some panic attacks almost. So Dave is there trying to calm her down, but he also seems freaked out too. He asked what she had saw and she had told him. And what he told her next it will never leave her. So Dave starts crying and runs out the door with his phone in his hand. And he's outside for nearly half an hour when he comes back a little bit calmer, but still kind of on edge. He tells her that roughly 10 years ago, he and his friend were in a terrible car accident, which ended in his friend dying. And he had told her that the person that she had described standing outside of the door was wearing the exact outfit that his friend had died in. And apparently she wasn't the first person to see the ghost of his friend. David told her that whenever something were to happen to anyone in his family, his friend would show up to either him or his family. For example, one time he saw the ghost of his friend and literally a minute later, his phone rang and he found out his father just had a, had a massive heart attack. So when he had went out the door earlier, he was calling his family to make sure everything was okay. And then everybody was okay. However, two days later, he found out that his wife had miscarried. So if that wasn't weird enough, she says that same night that she saw the ghost, that uh, something else weird had happened, but she doesn't know if it was paranormal or at that point was just paranoia after what had happened. But she was up front at the register, still shaking up a little bit, and a huge crow was just hovering outside the front door. She says it was so weird, it was literally just flying in place. Then suddenly it flew away, and then a really strange-looking man approached the door, opened it wide, but never entered. He had the creepiest smile on his face the entire time. Moments later, the crow was back, and it almost came in the restaurant, but another customer had swatted it away. The man then turned around and left, didn't order anything, and never said a word. And this is that is her whole story. So it sounds kind of like a uh, premonition type of story almost, where uh, I wouldn't call it an already a uh, guardian angel, really. It's not really yeah. protecting that guy. Yeah, it's almost like a forewarning. Yeah, almost. message. Just a message. It, I don't know if it's <clears throat> there with like malicious intent, really. It's not really oh, harming the guy. So. Unless he was like, unless his friend, the one that's still alive, was death. responsible for the death. But, I mean, it was his best friend. And, you know, without further information, it just seems yeah, like you it's can't a bad that. accident. Yeah. And so. it seems like it's just like his friends coming to warn him every time something bad's mm -hmm. about to happen almost. Just because he has that connection, maybe. That connect yeah, that connection. He on both you know, both sides knows what's coming enough to or knows what's happened enough to I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. Definitely a weird 
set of coincidences or uh, yeah, not coincidences, but weird set of events because, I mean, the chick describes what she had seen to the guy and the guy says, that's exactly what I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, every time we see something, something happens to the family. And then two days later, his wife miscarries, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's whack, you know? <laughs> the bird, man. That's probably just... I, You know, I could see that just being paranoia. I could see that also being somewhat connected, though. Yeah. But she said it was a sketch part of town. I think... It might just have been her being nervous after all that. I don't see maybe just a different, though. just a different episode. She's the main character. I don't know. If, uh, yeah. Or maybe it's same spirit but different form. Yeah, but why would it attach on her? That don't make sense. That yeah, that's what I was thinking. It really doesn't make sense. Someone in the comments said. Well, it really doesn't sound like it's haunting you forever. It sounds like the thing behind the door is haunting your friend forever. <laughs> she isn't bad. Like, if I had a, you know, someone haunt me, I'd rather have, you know, a friend than, like, I don't know, a killer clown. Yeah. Like, it's not the worst thing as things go. But, like, it's such a subtle story. Mm-hmm. It's not much, but small, but powerful. But it's, definitely creepy even I wonder if, if it's even what if, if, what if the, the the friend was causing it like his appearance caused something to happen almost like you know what i mean like it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't shown up yeah almost like the button yeah every time you press this button someone you know dies every time you see this figure someone something bad happened. i don't know yeah it's Who really knows? a case of chicken or the egg Almost, but yeah, short story to the point, but kind of creepy. Creepy, anything paranormal, honestly, is creepy. Oh, yeah, I just kind of have the visual of you know, guy opens the door, and all of a sudden, you know, it's raining outside, and the lightning flashes, and you just see a guy, jeans, gray shirt, red Mm. hat, or I mean, black hat, and then lightning goes away, guy's gone. Then the guy yeah, gets the call. To get that movie effect where it's like as the friend turns around it like blocks the view and then disappears. It's like a movie effect. I've seen that, you know. She it was visually seeable. Mm. So I could see that being in a movie, you know. Yeah, that was which a good. I, one. Which I don't know if that would discredit it or not, but Yeah. Jump scare. Jump scare. Honestly. It'd get me probably. Well, I believe this is gonna be our one of our shorter episodes of the of the podcast. Granted, we did talk a good bit about movies in the beginning, so that might have bumped up our runtime. We've really been talking for three hours. You the user didn't know that. Yeah. Or we've we, beaten that joke to death, but 
Oh yeah. Get used but, to it. Get used to it. Yeah. Well, it's spread over three weeks though. So they'll yeah, be like, Oh, they're talking about that again. And it's like, and we're like, yeah, we're talking about that again. You know? Well, lucky for you. We're going to keep talking to it. We're just going to keep referencing it from here on out. Yep. You know, we're going to have an episode af- next week after this one and we're going to yeah. reference it and we're not actually going to be <laughs> on the same <laughs> track. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think our actual next next recording, you know, after this, when I get back, would be sometime around Float Fest. Ooh. So that'd be interesting. Get a little live audience there. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some some investigating. Maybe we can find a place. Bridge. Yeah, I was about to say maybe we can go ghost hunting up there in North Fork, Arkansas. Hell yeah. Or heck yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to turn into my sleeping bag. I think I am too. I'm ready to curl up and stop existing for a couple hours. I'm going to kick the fire out. You're going to kick the fire out. I'll start uh, opening up the tents for us to get in, Engel. Sounds good. All right. Thank you guys for listening with us. Uh, We hope you have a uh, great day. Love you guys. Take care. See you guys in the next.